Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I began a series a week before last uh, entitled, What's Next? I want to continue that. And as Pastor Phillips said, thank you for praying for us. We give God all, 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 all the glory. I always try to be very um, careful and very intentional uh, about when I'm not speaking here. This is my assignment. I'm assigned here. I love this church. I love this place. This is home. This is family. You guys are my priority. When open doors and other opportunities come, I try to be very selective and only do what I feel like is God. And this was one of those. Thank you for sending us. But we want to give God the glory. Their superintendent or their bishop over that state said, Pastor, this was the greatest gathering of pastors we have ever had here in Alaska. So let's thank God for that today. Thank you, church family. You prayed. God answered. It was an amazing time. An amazing time. So we're looking at what's next. We just came through the incredible Easter season. I love it. Don't you love that? It's, we, we, here at Calvary, it, it goes to another level with Whip Hammer and Cross. The incredible cross, we see that. We see uh, we're vividly in front of us the sacrifice of Jesus. We're reminded of what our sins cost him, of what our cross cost him to carry, and how he shed his blood for us. Then we come back on Easter Sunday, the incredible celebration. Three days later, he was raised from the dead. That's not mythology. That's not philosophy. It's not religion. It's reality. Every one of these things have eyewitnesses. Every one of these things have historical accounts. They're documentable. The resurrection of Jesus verified that what he did on the cross worked, that sins can be forgiven. How many needed any sins forgiven somewhere in their life? Come on, let's be honest. How many have had to go back to the cross since you've been saved? Come on, let me see if the spirit of truth is in the house. That's good. It says you'll go to heaven. If you don't, there's another option. Okay. Liars. What does the Bible say? Go ahead. I got to say it. What does the Bible say? Where liars go? That's right. In hell. Took a kid to answer the question for us. I'm really ashamed. You know, you can't say hell in church anymore and think you're cussing. Let me just say it this way. Liars or friars. How do you like that? Does that work for you? Maybe that'll work. So I'm thankful that God forgives. I'm thankful that God gives us other opportunities. How about you? It's amazing. You know, the Bible says that the cross, Colossians 2, disarmed the devil. Come on. Stripped his armor away took all of his weapons, and made a public spectacle of him. The cross humiliated Satan. I'm excited about that. And the resurrection of Jesus made that a final for us. But that's not all of the gospel. It did not stop there. So what do we do because of that? What do we do now that we're forgiven? What was the plan of the church? Here's what I want you to see. The books in the Bible are not isolated uh, uh, short stories. The books in the Bible are not just different accounts. And well, we talk about this here, we talk about this there, and then we go over here, and then we talk about this. No, they're not disconnected narratives. The books in the Bible are a continuum. They are a series. All, 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 all the millennials and Gen Xs and Gen Zs, you love. You, you know, you love to binge a series, don't you? So could I encourage you, next time you want to binge a series, get your Bible out. 
and binge the Gospels. Come on, how many? Okay, I can tell that's not going to work. Either. So, so the, it's a series. The, Bible, the books of the Bible are a series. They're, they're connected. They, as I said, they're eyewitness accounts. And what we read in this Bible is as good today as it was then. Do you understand there's only ever been one church? Do you get that? Do we understand that? There hasn't been a new start every century. There's not a new church every time somebody thinks they get smarter than God. There's not a new church every time the church wants to back up on their faith and compromise. There's only one church. I'm not saying it's Calvary. I'm saying every born-again believer on the planet, of every race, every tongue, every creed, every age, every generation, there's only one church. There will only always be one church. God does not reinvent the church to meet our moral values. God does not restart the church because we don't like his plan. God does not rewrite his theology because we quit having the faith to believe what the Bible said. There's only one church. It began in scripture. It's moving through this day. There's only one Bible. There's not another level of truth that is equal to the word of God. Is everybody with me in this house today? It doesn't matter what anyone else says. I've never met anyone that knows what God knows. I've never met anyone that created the universe. I've never met anyone whose IQ was the IQ of almighty sovereign God. I've never met anyone who was omniscient. That means they knew everything. Who was omnipotent. That means that has it all power. Who's omnipresent. That's everywhere at the same time. Only God has those attributes. There's only one church. There's only one Bible. One source of truth. And we just have to make the decision, as I read in Proverbs 3, am I going to stop leaning on my own understanding? And am I going to start embracing the Word of God? That's, that's the challenge. Do we really believe He knows more than we know? Yes, He does. Does He see what I do not see? Yes, He does. And so what, we, what we're doing this whole series, what's next, is simply saying if there was this incredible gift of salvation on the cross, that God sent His Son, and he humbled himself and was born of a virgin and lived on this planet 30 years and began his ministry. Three years later, he was crucified. Three days after, or, or 40 days after the resurrection, he, well, three days after the cross, he was resurrected. 40 days later, he goes back to heaven. Why? Because he said, I want you to take this good news and I want you to tell every person on the planet. What's next? We tell every person on the planet. Why do we have kingdom builders? Why do we care about people in Africa we've never met before? Because Jesus said they need to hear the gospel. Why do we have three campuses and four campuses and dream centers and we take money that we could put on ourselves and we give it to places that we don't go? Why? Because Jesus said, I want you to tell everyone on this planet that there's hope in Jesus Christ. I want you to preach the good news till everybody's heard it. I want you to baptize them. I want you to make disciples out of them. That's what's next. That's what followed. That's what happened after the Gospels, after that incredible good news. We've now been given a job. We don't just hear it and sit. We carry this thing with us. Is everybody with me? It goes to school with us. It goes to work with us. It goes to home with us. It goes to my hobbies and my whatever I do. We carry this greatest news on the planet. And so the whole world's waiting to hear this news. Jesus tells the disciples, you got this? Okay, now I want you to go tell. But you got to pause. You need to wait. The whole world's waiting. But there's something that's so important and fundamental. There is something so necessary if you're really going to 
represent me. Think of that word. I said it the way uh, purposefully. We use the word represent. We have in our government representatives. What are our elected representatives? They're supposed to carry our wishes. That's a novel thought, isn't it? Anyway, they're supposed to carry our wishes. They're supposed to represent the people that elected them. They're supposed to vote the way we think. They're supposed to do what we do. They're supposed to represent us. And so as Christians, what do we do? We represent Jesus. That means we represent him. And he said, if you're going to go into all this world and preach the gospel, are you with me still? There's about 10 people that are with me. I'm going to try this side. Because if you're not interested, I mean, I just go home. All right, I'll fold it up. Okay, are you still with me right now? Thank you. I want to make sure everybody's still with me right now because I'm taking you something. Everybody over here with me right now. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I didn't want to stop preaching. So here's what happens. There's something he said is so fundamental. You have this incredible gift, he said, to share the best news anyone's ever heard with the world. But he said, if you're going to represent me, if you're going to not just do your thing, if you're not just going to do religion or do ritual or formality, but reality, if you're going to represent me, he said, then you need a power encounter. You need the same anointing that came on me when I was baptized by John. The Bible says he came out of the water, heaven opened up, and the Holy Spirit came on him. And the Bible says then he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. And the devil tried to tempt him and stop him and derail him and detour him and distract him. But he overcame that. When he came out, the Bible says now he's in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the power of the Holy Spirit... He began those last three years of his ministry. If you and I are to represent Jesus, guys, the truth of the matter is, we don't have it within us to represent Jesus as he really is. Is everybody with me right now? Come on, you and I have some frailties, some weaknesses, some some inadequacies, however you want to say it. We've got some issues. We've got some drama. We've got some stuff. We need the enablement, the power of the Holy Spirit. To represent Jesus. Everybody with me? So what did he say? So what's next? This is what he told them. Let's look in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Acts 1 verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them. Now this is before he ascended back during those 40 days after the resurrection. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Do not start telling the the good news. Do not begin to go fulfill your assignment yet. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for what? For the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Church family, I want want to be very upfront and, 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 and tell you that after I was born again, then later on I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. It revolutionized my life. It, 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 it enabled me to witness in a way I was not able to witness. I want to say to you today, there, there, there are some theology that says this doesn't happen anymore. But I guess then I would, you know, as, as they said, it's hard to argue with a man who has a testimony, right? <laughs> the debate doesn't work well with me. I've already got it. And those of you here, here's my prayer. We're from different backgrounds here. We're, this church, one of the things I love about it is our diversity. We go everything from, from Gen Z to Grandma and Grandpa here. Isn't that cool? We're, we're, we're every race. We're, we're, we're every socioeconomic level. And so I know we come from many theological backgrounds. I want to say this to you. I am praying daily for every one of us at Calvary that all of us will experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your children. 
I'm praying for our students. I'm praying for grandma and grandpa. I guess I am one. I need to pray for them. I'm praying for our young adults. I'm praying for our single adults. Are you with me today? I'm praying that you and I get what's next. That we have this encounter with God. I'm praying a hunger begins to stir up inside of us. And we begin to say, God, if you're doing that, I want it. Is that fair enough? Go, hey, go above my pay grade right now. Can, can, I, can I challenge you with that? Will you go above my pay grade? Will, will, will you go above Pastor Sawyer? And would you just make this a you and God thing? And say, God, if it's from you, I want it. Is that fair enough? Can I challenge you to say that, God, if it's you, I want this thing. If it's you, I want it. Are you afraid? Is anybody afraid to pray that prayer? God, if it's you, I want it. So he says, you're, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 6, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They were looking for an earthly kingdom. That's not what God was speaking about, okay? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Here's the deal. Watch this. But you... Say me. But you, me, will receive what? Power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be. You see that? You will become. That, that's the intent. You, this, this, this power, this release of the Holy Spirit in and through your life will enable you to be a witness. It's not I will say something or do something, you will say and do. But, but the, the underlying point, the underlying joy, the underlying gift is that you will be something you weren't before. You'll be. You'll be. You'll become. You'll be. All right? You will be my witnesses. There it is. You will represent me. You will represent me. The church, the body of Christ will remind people of what it was like when I was walking around on this planet. Now, did you get the statement I just said? That's the church. We're supposed to be reminding people of Jesus. They're not supposed to walk off from us and say, Whoa, did you go to Calvary Sunday? Did you see that LED screen there? Did you hear that sound system? I think I saw a little smoke up there about some of those lights one time. Man, those are the softest chairs I've ever sat on. They're a little wider than the normal chairs. There's more room at Calvary. Wow, did you hear Pastor Sawyer preach the word? No. They're supposed to walk out of this place and say, you know, I feel like I've been around Jesus. I, I, I feel like this Jesus thing was going on. You know, I, 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 instead of watching Chosen, I kind of feel like I was with him. Is anybody with me here today? That's who the church is. We're, we're, that's who the church is. That's the bottom line. You will be my witnesses, he said. And so what's the deal? How do we know we're moving in the right direction? How do we know that, that we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, that we've been baptized with this power? Because it carries us beyond our human ability. And people get around us and Jesus stuff happens. Sick people get healed. Come on, you with me? You guys are a little quiet in the house today. Dead people raise up. Because I know that's weird, but did Jesus do that? <laughs> You're pulling on me today. But look, I've been preaching up in Alaska. It's cold. It's nasty. Polar bears running around. 
watching out for moose up in your front yard. You know what? I feel kind of frontier-like today. So you might as well jump on board with me because I'm just going to plow till we get there. <laughs> I'm just going to plow till we get there. So we, they got to be around us. Like, man, that's like Jesus. Jesus healed sick people. Did he not? Did he not? Did he, did, demons are like, let's just get out of here. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go. There's a lot of people. There, there's some, you know, I think there's a movie about deliverance and demons being cast out now. Can I tell you something? Hallelujah. Jesus cast demons out. But you know what? I, don't, I, I like the Jesus way of doing that. And I like the Jesus way. Jesus, you know, here's, the, here's one guy. He, he had so many demons in him, he was called Legion. He said, what's your name? He said, there's a whole bunch of us in here. And, and how does Jesus cast demons out? Let's go. Let's get out of here. They're like, yes, sir. Come out. We fight. We wrestle. We roll. We spit. We fuss. I hope we don't cuss. We do all kind of things. And you know what? I, I'm, we, when we were in the Dominican Republic, we were there, outdoor service, praying, singing. Pastor Miller was preaching. We started to pray for people. Lord, have mercy. We were in a Haitian a squatter's camp. There's so much voodoo in Haiti. Man, I'm going to tell you, it, 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 it was, we're out on a gravel road outside. It, it looked like uh, Main Street Demon House, USA. I'm going to tell you. Demons casting out. And we did. I'm going to tell you what. Pastor Emilio and I, some other, we prayed for one lady, 30 minutes. Rolling, wrestling, demons yelling, spitting, grabbing at us, hollering at us. And, and people standing there like this, you know, froze in their track. I, I didn't realize it later. I said, Pastor Emilio, we were out in the middle of the street. We weren't in the church right in the middle of the street. The whole village is like, you know, you, 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 you ever seen the people get that look? Like they wouldn't move. We're in a gravel, rocks flying, stuff going everywhere. But God delivered her. And another lady, while we're praying for that lady, those demons left. But I've got to tell you the truth. I keep praying. I want the Jesus way. Give me more faith. I got, we, we left that moment. I said, thank you, God. But I said, I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with that. You know, I wasn't happy with it. The devil got too much PR out of it. There's a lot of people who want to cast demons out today. They just want to make a show. They like a crowd. When Jesus cast the demons out, he said, he saw a crowd come and he cast the demon out and said, shut up, leave. Well, sorry. Jesus said, be quiet and leave. When Jesus casts out demons, he stops the crowds. Come on, how many with your pastor? Come on, let's stick with the word. All right. I know some of you are scared to death right now. I can tell looking at your face. There's some people here going like that right now. Did Jesus do it or not? We represent him. We're his witness. I'll tell you this. You might say, I don't want that demon thing, but if one ever gets in your family, you're sure going to want to know where. So we represent him. So he said, that's what you do. You need this. We get that. So what's next? You say it. Say it. Say it. What's next? Say it. I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. So he said, you wait because you're going to need some power because there's a real devil. There's some hurting people. Are you with me today? It's not about you and I. It's about hurting people, finding Jesus. Are you with me today? It's about broken families and broken hearts. And in and this country you live in, are you not grieved every day? Somebody does a mass murder in this country now. I'm grieved with that. I was praying early this morning. I said, Father, something has to break this spirit of murder over this nation. 
Father, something has to break this spirit of evil, wickedness over this nation. Do you get that? Do you understand that? I, someone, we've got to break through this stuff. We, we live in a wicked, perverse culture. I'm not willing to surrender my children and grandchildren to it. I'm not willing to say, what can I do? Or there's nothing I can do. There's a lot we can do. His name is Jesus. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I claim your children. I claim your grandchildren. I claim your family. I claim your spouse. I claim your parents. I claim your grandparents. I claim your uncle, your aunt, your nephews, your nieces. I claim your brothers, your sisters. Your family will serve the Lord. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that we will serve the Lord. We will represent Jesus till the devil's routed out. If that's going to happen, we're going to have to have something above human abilities. Acts 2 verse 1. What was next, you ask me. This is what happened next after that. When the day of Pentecost came, when God's appointed day, this day God had set in motion from the moment he spoke the law, millennia before this day. God has a plan. Do you understand that? God has a plan. This was what next? This was prophesied. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Where were they? Where were they? All together. Say it again. They were all together. What does the devil not want the church to do anymore? Get together. Do you understand that? You understand the onslaught, the attack with COVID and everything else? Where is the power of God? If I get a chance, I hope I get a chance, I'll show you this same thing again. Where were they? Together. In one place, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house, the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on whom? Each of them. How does verse 4 begin? So who received this that day? Each of them, all of them, each of them, all of them. What, what, what happened? Exactly what Jesus said. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they received power. But what was the initial expression? The, the initial expression of this infilling of the Holy Spirit, what happened? They began to speak in other tongues. How? As the Spirit enabled them. Now, now ask me what was next? Thank you for asking that. Look at Peter. Peter, the last time we read about Peter, he's denying Jesus. He's cussing out a slave girl. And then he gives up and goes back to fishing. Not a very good season in his life. But he made a good decision to be in that upper room. He realized, I don't have it, but God, if you can still use me, here I am. And Peter's in the upper room and he's baptized in the Holy Spirit and where he had denied and lied and run away and betrayed in the very same place, Acts 2 says, he stood up. You know what happens when the power of God comes in your life? Where you've been running, you stop running. Where where you've been afraid, you have some boldness. Peter stood up and he preached. Now get this. He preached his first sermon. I'm envious. His first sermon. And 3,000 people got saved. Now get this, guys. In this day of our, of, and, and I've studied and, and, and I continue to study and I've, and, and I've been to more than one college and, 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 and I have other things and degrees, but, but, but I'm for education, I'm for training, I'm for right theology, and, and I've studied eschatology and pneumonology and hermitology. I've studied theology. But I want to tell you something. This guy had never been to college. This guy did not have his MDiv. 
This guy was not trained in the highest schools of American culture, lecturing Christianity. He was a fisherman. He had no natural ability. He had not been taught to speak. He wasn't an orator. He didn't know all the words in Webster's Dictionary. But he had had an encounter with Jesus and he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And while he preached, the Spirit of God moved in 3,000 people, God saved. Have mercy. So ask me, what's next? I'm glad you said that. Go to Acts chapter 3. You guys are so smart. So look at this. I mean, this is what I want you to see. It's a continuum. It's a series. It's a historical record. It's a road map for the church. How many heard what I just said? A road map for the church. I'm running out of time, so i got to hurry. you got to read chapter 3. The Bible says Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. It was in one temple. They went there every day. They had been to this temple to pray at the time of prayer every day for many, many years. Are you with me? And it says there was a lame man there who had been placed there every day, and he was lame from birth. So Peter and John had walked by this lame man hundreds of times. Same scenario. So, but now, after this endowment of power, after this encounter, let me say this, because we, we follow the apostles, but, but here's what I, I almost missed something critically important. Not everybody in that upper room of those 120 were listed in your Bible. We have some names, but not all the names. Let me help us, regular folks. How many regular people in the house? Okay. Let me help us regular folks. Although we do not have their name, I'm just going to make this rhyme so you'll remember. They all got a flame. (laughs) Okay? We don't know their name, but they all got a flame. God will choose to use people that others overlook. God will choose to use people whose names are not recorded for history. God will choose to use people. Do you understand in that upper room that day, the entire experience with God and man shifted forever? Up until that time in the Old Testament, God was in one place on the whole planet. Is that amazing? He, his presence, now God is everywhere, but he revealed himself in one place behind curtains in the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest once a year could enter into his presence. In the Old Testament, men were separated from God. In the Old Testament, if you weren't of the right family, you, you couldn't be a priest. If you weren't of the right lineage, you would never come near the presence of God. If it wasn't the one day of the year, the high priest couldn't come in. He was hidden behind curtains and rituals and, and, and religion. And, and man was here and God was here. But on this day of Pentecost when Jesus said, you need one more thing to go preach my gospel and represent me. And everybody gets the same thing. Is that amazing to us? Each of them, all of them, every one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Every one of them received. They received the same thing Peter did. Did you hear what I just said? They received the same measure. Peter did not get more than the others got. Peter did not receive more. They all, each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So he transforms and preaches. He steps into his calling. Your calling may not be to preach. Your calling may not be to sing. Do you know that there's only four or five things we do here on Sunday morning? But do you know there are a thousand things that we do as we go through the week? 
How many are listening to me today? We're going to have anointed excellence this afternoon. We're going to bring everyone on our teams together that minister just to say thank you and celebrate and give them a big barbecue. And they don't have to bring anything unless they want to make a pie and win a contest. And we're going to have hundreds of people in this room. Why? Because people have said, you know what? I may not be the pastor. I may not be the elder. I I may not lead the worship team, but I love Jesus and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I want to help kids and I want to help students and I want to be an usher and I want to work on the parking lot. I want to be in the production and I want to do what I can do with what I have to tell people Jesus is amazing and that he can heal them and deliver them and set them free. And Peter's walking into the temple of John and the same lame man at the same gate going into the same temple at the same time of prayer. Do you know sometimes your life will get in a rut if you haven't been freshly anointed with the Holy Spirit? How many know what I'm saying? Sometimes it gets in a rut. I know I'm on thin ice here today, but it's kind of where I live. If I don't hear something cracking, I kind of don't feel at home. So, so, so some of us get in a rut. They, they you know, go to the same church every Sunday. Wear the same clothes, get the same Bible, sit in the same chair. And if somebody sits in your chair, although your name's not on it, but if somebody sits in your chair, you can't even get blessed that day. Sometimes we get in a rut. We get in a rut. Going to the same temple, same time to pray, same lame man sitting there, same time to go. Peter and John, the lame man says the same thing. You got any money? But this time, God says something. This time, God says something. This time, the Holy Spirit says, stop, Peter. Peter looked at that man. He said, look at me. He said, I don't have any more money today than I did yesterday. (laughs) I know you want me to tell you, get saved, you get rich. I'm not going to tell you that stuff. Some of you got rich at backslide. That's why you didn't get rich, okay? (laughs) God only give you what you can hold, all right? All right. So, so. He says, look at me. Man, looked at him. He said, I don't have any more money I had yesterday. But I'm going to tell you, pal, I got something. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I want to give you. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. I love he said, give me your hand. He said, come on, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm with you in this thing. I want to represent Jesus to you today. He said, give me your hand. And he took the man by the hand. And the Bible says, when he took the man by the hand, this man who had never walked in his life, He was lame from birth. Do you realize his legs had probably never grown? Do you realize how disfigured he must have looked? Do you realize this man was grossly disfigured? He was lame from birth. No activity in his legs from birth. And this guy who 40 days ago said, I quit. This guy who 40 days before this said, I'm just going to go back and fish. I, I, I forget this apostle thing. I can't do it. Now he walks up here and looks at this man and says, I still don't have any money. But he said, I got something. I've got something. I want you to say to me today, say it. Say, I have something. I'll use my better grammar. Say, I have something. I have something. Look at the person next to you and say, you have something. You have something. He jumps and runs and runs into the temple. Shouting, jumping, praising God. They're like, whoa. Everybody said, that's the guy that's been lame. So they all run at Peter and John to worship. Peter said, oh. This was done in the name of Jesus. This was done in the name of Jesus. Don't look at us. We're we're just representing him. You get it? We're just representing him. No, 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 no. It's not us. Jesus did that. So things are going really good, aren't they? 
I mean, Peter's preaching. People getting saved. He's just going to pray and lame people jump up and walk. Everybody in the temple is going, it's awesome. Things are going well, but say it. What's next? I'm glad you asked. Go to chapter 4. We're going to end there. So it's rolling. I got to give you this. I had to get you this because it's part of the deal. I mean, everything is as good as it can get, right? I mean, it's amazing. But look at chapter 4, verse 1. The priests and captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming what? In Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Come on. But what happened? Come on, Jesus. I'm preaching. Come on, Jesus. I'm representing you at school. Come on, Jesus. I'm representing you at work. Come on, Jesus. I'm representing you in the gym. Come on, Jesus. I'm representing you in the ladies walk around the block group or whatever you do. Jesus, I'm representing you. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. The kingdom's being built. And these jokers have thrown me in jail. Well, that's going to happen sometime. You may not get thrown in jail. But I'm going to tell you in our culture, they don't want the name of Jesus being preached anymore. Let me be real honest with you. I want to say this. It's to help you. Anything, anything that tries to quiet the name of Jesus is an issue. Anything that says you can't save and heal in his name, we need to know what's motivating that. Anything that says you can't believe that Bible that tells Jesus, tells us who he is, we need to know what's behind that. And so I want to say today that it's not difficult to discern what's motivating any action, any law, any movement, or any group that tries to limit Jesus. You know what? motivates that the spirit of antichrist that's in this world setting this culture up for one world ruler after the rapture of the church the spirit of antichrist doesn't want the name of jesus preached doesn't want the word of god lifted high doesn't want people to be saved and healed and so you see this this opposition you see what happens the next day they 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 bring them out and and they tell them you got to stop this But the Bible says, they looked at each other and says, these are ordinary men. (laughs) How are they doing this? Where did they get the courage? Where did they get the boldness? Where did they get the wisdom? And Peter says, if you're making me choose between obeying man or obeying God, I'm going to obey God. You you just need to understand, you can threaten me, but tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. Okay? I'm I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. They threatened him, but they don't know what to do because they said this man that was healed over 40 years old, and here he is. What are we going to say? People will stone us. They threatened him again, say, go. Then look at verse 23 in chapter 4. This is where we close. So what did they do? Somebody say, what's next? Okay. See, all those first what next, it just got better and better. Then we had a bad day, didn't we? Then we had a threatening day. Be quiet. Don't preach. Don't testify. No matter what age group you're in today, you're going to face that opposition. I'm not asking you to make a mess. I'm not asking you to preach in your work with a megaphone. I'm not asking you to, you know, be the church lady and do things like that. I'm telling you that we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to speak the truth in love because 
when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Because we're representing Jesus. Did people disrespect him? Yes. Did people misunderstand him? Yes. Did religion clash with him? Yes. We're not martyrs. We don't have a martyr complex. We're not running around looking for trouble. We're, we're eagerly telling the good news of Jesus. And we're willing to stand for him even if our friends disagree with us. We're willing to stand with him if we stand alone. Are you with me today? We're willing to tell the good news in every situation. Our job is not to fit in. Our job is not to make everybody happy. Our calling is not to make this world feel like home to us. Our calling is to represent Jesus in every scenario that we are in. So when the enemy comes against us, what do we do? What's next? You ask that question. Verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. So they say, here's what they told us. So what did the people do? What do spiritual people do? When they heard this, they raised their voices together, what? In prayer. They got together. Remember Acts 2? They did what they had done in the beginning. They got together. And what did they do? They began to pray. They began to pray. It's okay if you want to write your congressman. It's okay if you want to do peaceful protests. It's okay if you want to get involved in that. I'm okay. But before you do that, you need to pray. If you're not willing to pray, you shouldn't be willing to protest. If you're not willing to pray, you shouldn't write a letter to your congressman. If you're not willing to pray, you don't need to do the things that other human beings can do. We better get together and pray. Because we believe there is a God who hears us and answers prayer. Are you with me today? Those other things are fine. Don't you walk out here and say, Pastor said don't do that. I didn't say do that. I said pray first. Okay. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven, made the earth, made the sea, made everything. What do they say? God, we know you're creator. How are we going to pray? We know you're ahead of everything. We know you are. Then it says, look at this. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. So then they began to pray the word of God. Are you with me? They said, this is what the word says, right? Let's drop down. Look at verse 28. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. They said, even though they crucified Jesus, you're still in control. How many heard that? They said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray the word. We know they crucified Jesus, but we see now that it was your will for him to die. You're still in control, God. Are you with me today? You're going to have to pray a prayer. It says, the enemy's threatening me, but you're in control. The enemy's threatening me, but you're still God. The enemy's threatening me, but I believe you're in control. That's how you pray. Have you noticed they haven't asked for anything yet? They're declaring who he is. They're declaring the word of God. They're saying, I know they're in control. Come on. Some people never get to that. All prayer is is whine, beg, plead. Come on. Anybody with me in this church today? So how do you pray? God, you're in control. God, you created the universe. God, you know what these folks did. Now, now, verse 29. Now, Lord, they said. Huh, uh, now, Lord, consider their threats. Finally said, you heard what they said. God knows what you're facing. Are you with me? God knows the challenge that you're in. God knows what they said to you at work. God knows what they said to us in the neighborhood. God knows the, the side-eye look you got from somebody. God knows the people that unfriended you. God knows the people that didn't see what you saw. God knows that. He said, you heard their threats. And then this is what they pray. Huh. You ready? Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. You know what we would pray today? Oh, God, kill them all. You see them threaten me, God, just wipe them off the map. Because that's our culture. The culture we're in is a culture of hate. 
instead of love. The culture we're in is a culture of division instead of truth. The culture we're in is polarized. The culture we're in today is accusing and judgmental. Come on, are you with me today? It's, it's polarized. It's divided. But what did they pray? They didn't pray, God, kill my enemies. They say, God, give me more boldness. They said, God, heal. Wait a minute. That's what got you in trouble, God, healing. Yeah, they knew that. They said, let me be bold and keep healing people, Jesus. They were mad at their accusers. They were mad at those threatening them. They said, God, I need just more of you, not less of you. Are you with me? Do you know what the answer is for the challenge against your life today? The answer for the challenge against the gospel today? It's not less enemies, it's more Jesus. It's not less opposition, it's more the power of the Holy Spirit. And what did God do? Look at verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I love this. They got together and prayed like Acts 2. Remember when I read the rushing mighty wind blew in that place? This word shaken in Greek is the word used when a hurricane force wind blows in someplace. Did it again. Come on. God did it again. God did it again. The measure oftentimes of the fullness of the Holy Spirit is equal to the opposition that you're facing at that moment. I wish I had time to go with this. I, I really need to work on this. Have, have you ever been looking out of the window uh, and, and when, when the wind's really blowing hard in your home, looking outside? What do they tell you to do? We're going to have wind gusts 40 and 50 miles an hour. You better bring anything in that's not secured. When the wind starts blowing, things without roots get blown away. (laughs) Are you with me? So, So there may be some things in your life and my life. Come on, put your hand on somebody right now. (laughs) Tell them, hold on. There may be some things in your life that need to get blown away. (laughs) We, we want the power of the Holy Spirit, but on the way, God may clean your house up. Come on. God may clean your house up. God may come in and clean the house up. There may be some things that need to get blown out of your life. We got some garbage hanging around in the backyard. You know, you got some old lawn chairs and umbrella and raggedy stuff that you might have something in your trash can. Well, and there's some stuff going around and the wind comes blowing through and the wind just cleans out, just cleans it out. That stuff doesn't need to be there. A rushing mighty wind and what's left behind is some Jesus stuff. I, I, I didn't have time at the end of this. The place was shaken. Come on, worship team. And here it is again. Who got filled with the Holy Spirit? There it is again. Everybody, everybody, all filled, spoke the word of God boldly. I want you to stand to your feet. Please don't leave. I want to pray a couple of prayers. I believe are just, just paramount. We pray these right now. God is looking at his church right now. And I believe all the resources of heaven are in his hands. I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised him from the dead. The same spirit that blew through that upper room. Come on, anybody want that? Not 2023 version. Come on, I don't want the 2023 version. Do you? I don't want the retooled, redone, manipulated, cut, paste theology of a church, I want that Bible stuff. Anybody want that Bible theology, that Bible experience, that wind of the Holy Spirit? Man, I want that. I want that. I want that. And he wants to blow some things out of my life? Come on. Come on, God. If it's, and, and, and you know why the wind comes and blows the trash away? Because you can't fill something up that's not empty. <laughs> 
<laughs> we keep saying, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Well, you're full. I prayed God fill me. Why didn't he fill me? Well, you're already full. You're full of all that counterfeit stuff. Full of everything else. Full of me. <laughs> full of me. Full of my plan. Full of what I want. And maybe God needs to blow some things out so he can drop some things in. Everybody's still with me in the house today. I can't preach this everywhere. I can preach it here. Because I believe you're ready. I believe you're hungry. I believe, I believe you're the real deal. Some places I preach what I preach today, they'll be throwing Bibles at me before I'm done. Some places they get up and leave. But you're hungry. You're real. God wants to do some powerful things in our lives. That, that new infilling of the Holy Spirit. See, what I want you to see is most of the people that were in Acts chapter 2 that were filled were in Acts chapter 4 were filled again. It's not one time. It's a constant. God, fill me again. I prayed this morning, early in my home before the sun came up. I knelt down and lifted my hand and said, God, please baptize me in the Holy Spirit today. God, please fill me with the Holy Spirit today. That church doesn't need an empty pastor. That church doesn't need an empty message. God, fill me. Please fill me, God. Please fill me, God. Please, God. I know I don't have to beg. I can honor his word, but that's my passion. That's my hunger, God. I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell you. I, I said, please. I said, please, God. I've got to have it. I have to have it. I have to have it. How could I stand in front of you with what you face, the challenges you had this last week, the things that are looking at you today, in front of you? You're wrestling. God, how? My marriage has fallen apart. My kids look like they've lost their mind. My job's on the brink of collapsing. I'm, I'm being challenged. Our godly teachers in these school systems. You're good, pal. Just hold right here. The godly teachers in our school system that are being handcuffed by what they can do and say. It's okay for somebody to come. I prayed Acts chapter 10, to be honest today. You know, Acts chapter 10, go read it. It said, while Peter was still preaching Holy Spirit fell on all them. <laughs> they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, are you with me? Listen, we don't have a little form to I'm Just so you know, I'm super comfortable with people coming forward. <laughs> with God doing whatever people want them to do. I'm good with that. I'm good with that, okay? So, I've got to be filled because you need to be filled. I've got to, get, I've got to receive this because you need to receive because I believe the God we serve has an answer for everything you're wrestling with right now. Do you believe that today? I believe the God we serve has everything you need for everything you're wrestling with. I believe He can heal your marriage. I believe He can provide for you. I believe He can bring your children back to the kingdom of God. I believe God can heal your sick body. I, can believe, I believe He'll heal your troubled mind. I believe He'll break demonic power off of people. There may be people that are struggling. They don't know why they're having this problem. Could be demonic strongholds in their life. We serve the God who's more than able. More than able. All we have to do in Jesus' name, just leave them alone in Jesus' name. Just get up and go in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.